Hey everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns. My name is Abby Rancor. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. This is a Monday episode, so I basically pick any topic that I want to learn about. And I basically go and research for a week and show you all my research and teach you what I have learned that week. This week is a little bit different because instead of learning something just through the course of this one week, I want to share something that I've been learning about for the last like year and a half and trying to implement into my life. I want to talk about kind of, you know, the concept of minimalism, how I kind of started learning about minimalism and then how my lifestyle has kind of slowly crept towards being as minimal as possible over the last probably year or year and a half. So I hope you find this very interesting. Minimalism, I feel like, is kind of now a trend right now where people are starting to move towards minimalism, but it really has, I feel like, improved my life in a very drastic way to not be so weighed down by items and things and getting in a good rhythm and practice of like letting items go has been very beneficial so far. So let's talk a little bit about minimalism. Okay, so the first thing we really need to discuss when talking about minimalism is what is it? What does minimalism or having a minimalistic lifestyle even mean? So minimalism is a style or technique that is characterized by extreme spareness and simplicity. A lot of times it, the focus is really on living intentionally with only the things that you really need or things that are going to kind of serve an end goal or your purpose um, in life. So you don't go through life collecting just as many things as you can. You say goodbye to items if they don't intentionally serve you or um, they don't spark joy. Now we'll get into how, you know, different methods for determining what you want to keep and what you want to throw away or donate and things like that because there are definitely some very wide differences in how people decide to get rid of their items and what minimalism kind of means for each person. But in general, it means being intentional with what you own, not letting kind of junk collect up and, you know, periodically getting rid of items or not bringing in new items into your life very often. So the benefits of minimalism as advertised by minimalists is that you can really have a lot of clarity and purpose and intention in your life because you're not bogged down by all this extra stuff. Like you don't have a lot of garbage or things that just aren't used in your home. Everything is used or has a purpose or you really enjoy looking at. So it brings joy into your life. And another, you know, big thing, especially in, you know, the Western world or, you know, in any developed country is there's this drive and there's this whole theme of consumerism and your success is kind of a lot of times seen as, you know, how much stuff you can accumulate, how many cars you have, how big is your house, how many of these cool things can you kind of collect. And so a lot of minimalists say that, you know, the practice of living as a minimalist really is freeing from the all-consuming passion to and you know a need to possess items to buy things um another big trend you know is the 
is like tracking environmental impact on things. So there is like a whole section of minimalists that are doing it. Really, their driving force is the environment and the environmental impact to consume less, to use everything that you have, um, donate or thrift items that you don't want anymore. And then if you do need a new item to go and donate and get a secondhand item in that way. So a lot of people are environmentally motivated. A lot of people just don't like to have a lot of clutter around. Um, and I'll get into the reasons for why kind of I am trying to move into the minimalist space a little bit. Uh, but a big other driving factor for a lot of people is cleaning. Like it's so much easier to keep everything tidy and clean and have a clear headspace if you don't have a lot of items. If you return everything to their home, every item has a home and then cleaning and decluttering just becomes so much easier and you just feel kind of lighter. So those are, you know, different reasons why people might be drawn to the minimalist lifestyle, but really there's a huge range of what minimalism means to different people. For some people, it means I'm living in a tiny house, I'm living off the land, I won't use any more resources than I absolutely need. They have like no wall art, you know, two bowls, three spoons, you know, and a towel. That could be a minimalist for some people. Like, oh, what's her name? Shayna or something. Okay, it's the girl who played um, Felicity in American Girl and she was also in Secret Life of the American Teenager. Anyway, that actress, I forget her name right now, but she, for a while, I saw an interview with her on The Ellen Show and she was talking about how she got so just over these material things that she actually packed all of her items into one suitcase. So she got rid of everything except for literally just a few pairs of jeans and like a coat and everything she had just fit in a suitcase and she was just, she said that she was so free because um, she just wasn't bogged down by all of these items. And, you know, Ellen was kind of joking that she has so much money in the bank. She could buy three houses and she just chooses to like sleep on people's couches and carry around her two pairs of jeans in, you know, in a suitcase. But her motivating factor was that she just felt freer, able to move around more, um, you know, and so she became a minimalist because of that. So, you know, again, there's a lot of reasons why people would, would do that, but some, for some people it's super, super extreme. And for some people it just literally means to, you know, they want to declare their house. Like for me, I'm definitely not going to move to the middle of nowhere in a tiny house and only have two pairs of jeans. I'm just not, that's never going to happen. I don't foresee, you never know. I will never say never, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. But what I am moving towards is if I normally would go to an event and just, let's say I went to, I went to the Rockies game the other day and this might be a bad example because I actually did buy something, but I think before I would have just bought a shirt because I went and I would just maybe buy like one of the cheaper shirts and then not really care, put it in my closet and not worn it again. Part of what I'm trying to do as I move towards minimalism is to really think through like, am I gonna use this? 
I'm gonna get something that's higher quality so that I can use it for a longer time so I don't have to keep buying things and just fill my house up with stuff. So at the game, we are now part of this like season ticket share program. So I'm gonna be going to probably 10 games this season. And so I've, instead of just buying the cheapest shirt, just have a Rocky shirt and then it's gonna be one that fits terribly and I'm never gonna to wanna to wear. I decided to invest in a Rockies jersey because I've wanted one for a really long time. I'm gonna to go to a lot of games, but I had to think through and go through that process of saying like, am I gonna use this? Is this gonna be put to good use? Do I like it? Does it give me joy? And that's the criteria for me to get a new article of clothing. I used to just kind of get anything and then it would sit in my closet for years and I would never wear it. Um, so now that means that a lot of things where I normally would get like some sort of souvenir, if there's just nothing there that really sparks joy or I'm not going to use, I don't get it. I'm just like, okay, let me just take a picture instead and I can remember it that way instead of having a physical thing that I now have to store in my house. I think her name, by the way, is Shailene Woodley. So, um, she is the one that was a minimalist in on the Ellen show so kind of interesting so when you think of minimalism typically I think of like no wall art and just one couch and no furniture at all that's definitely not how everyone who considers himself a minimalist is especially if you have a family like I follow this woman who's pretty much a minimalist um, but she has four kids and a husband and you can't really expect every member of your family to have no items, no physical items. Like she homeschools four kids. They need a lot of books and things like that. And so she, for example, has categories where, you know, for let's say decorations, she really doesn't have a lot. Like she doesn't put up extra Christmas decorations, but she has no limit on the amount of books. She just keeps a rotating item or a rotating list of books. And then if she realizes her kids haven't touched a book in like six months or something, she'll you know, donate it and thrift some new books. But that's where she's like, I'll have a hundred books and my kids are using all the books, but some things in certain categories, she just won't, you know, have a lot of. So, um, all that to say minimalism is very personalized and up to you. So I wanted to look up tips to move more towards minimalism because again, the benefits are just so freeing and, uh, th th there's just so many positive things that come out of having less items. But if you have been collecting items kind of your whole life, it can be very, very hard to let go of some things. Some people are better at letting go of things than others, just kind of naturally. If you're very sentimental about things, that might be a lot harder. Um, but you kind of have to get into the practice of saying no to things and letting things go. I realized when I first did like my first clean out, I thought I made so much progress and I did make a lot of progress, but there were still some things that I was just hanging on to because, you know, I thought, okay, they, it sparks me joy and I'm just really not ready to let go of it. And now as I've kind of been in the habit of saying no to some things, uh, it's become a lot easier for me to evaluate, like, does this spark enough joy to actually keep around or do I have to store this? And I'm just not going to want to, will it have a home? Is it practical? All of that sort of thing. It gets a lot easier. So you kind of have to 
practice, but I wanted to look up some tips to um, help if you want to move towards minimalism. So this has, I think, five or six tips. So let's go through them. This says, set your own rules. This is exactly what we were talking about with it being very personalized to you. You do not have to be the most extreme minimalist if you don't want to. You know, it's fine to make your own rules. So some people want a capsule wardrobe with like 20 pieces of clothing in them and that's what makes them feel most free. Other people are very into fashion. They want to mix it up. So maybe they'll have a pretty full wardrobe like the book category. Um but maybe decorations they don't want. So go through the different categories of items in your home and write down your rules for each one of those categories. For some things you may not care, you can have a bunch of them and that's very joy-filled for you, but other ones could be weighing you down. So it's helpful to go by category by category to just know what your specific rules are and that way you can kind of run them by your family members and make sure everyone's on the same page if you have people living in the same house okay the second tip is to throw out all just trash it's a very easy way to cut down without actually having to make a ton of major decisions about what you want to throw away and keep for example like if there if you have an amazon box of you know, if an Amazon package came in yesterday and you still have the box, you know, around, get rid of that. If something's broken, get rid of it or donate it. Um, so there's like just some things that you can just accidentally almost accumulate that aren't even being put to practical use. They might be broken. And so that's just a very easy, like first step of progress to just clear that out and clear out, you know, kind of your mind with that. So, um, that's, another one. So the third rule, and this is a very, very good tip, and this was hard for me at first, is utilizing the use it or lose it rule. So in this article, obviously there's a million different ways to do this, but in this article, it suggests that if you take an item and you look at an item and say, okay, have I used this twice in the last six months? If the answer is no, you throw it away. And they say, you know, kind of as you get better at this, you can shorten the time period to like every three months or every month. Um, if it's a seasonal piece, did you use it the last season regularly? Like obviously if you're in the summer months and you have this really amazing coat that you wore every day last winter, you're not going to throw it away because you haven't used it in the summer. That's just not practical. So think about like in the season that you would use it, did you use it regularly or did you not use it last season at all? If you haven't used it last season at all, then it's time to give it up. And I actually just did this with a winter coat. I had been keeping this winter coat because I was like, this is my only real puffer winter coat. I would wear it when I go skiing. Okay, first of all, I've only gone skiing twice in my life. Also, everyone has a coat, like I could just, go get another coat. I could rent a coat. Also, I have other coats that I could layer. It also didn't even fit me very well, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep the coat in case I go skiing. And I had already told my husband like, hey, I never want to go skiing again, basically. But I had been holding onto this coat on the off chance that I might go skiing. If it's just a regular snow day, I would just wear one of my other coats. So 
literally just two days ago, I was going through an old box and I saw this coat and my initial gut instinct was like, keep it because you might need it. And then, you know, I, I challenged my thought a little bit and was like, uh, yeah, I'm never wearing this coat again. So I'm donating it. So I donated the coat. That is a good example of use it or lose it. And this one is so hard because again, like a lot of times you see an item or a piece of clothing or something that you say, well, I might need it. I might need it in two years on this one. No, if you haven't used it in the last two years, you're probably not going to need it in the next two years. And if you do, you can always rent something or go buy the item again, you know, but if you keep it, you have to store it then for another two years and you probably aren't going to use it. So that is a very, very useful rule, especially when you're going through your closet. I cleared out, well, I'll talk about how I uh, did mine, but I cleared out like 12 bags of clothes and most of them, like I wore the same 20 pieces of clothing my whole life. And then all these other ones I was just saving just in case. And I finally bit the bullet and got rid of them and it was life-changing. So, um, okay. Another one, another tip is to organize by category and not location. This I will talk about a little bit more once we get to the Marie Kondo part. If you haven't heard of Marie, if you haven't heard of Marie Kondo, she is like an organizational guru and she her whole career is about tidying things up and she teaches people how to tidy up her space. A lot of people confuse her with being a minimalist, which she's technically not. And I'll explain that difference. But one of her tips, uh, and she's actually who got me into this, like decluttering and organization stuff. One of her tips is to organize by category, not location. Because if you, let's say, go into your bedroom and you organize things, um, you may not see duplicates. Let's say you have a, a pair of sunglasses in your bedroom and then you have a pair of sunglasses in your office and then you have a pair of sunglasses in your kitchen junk drawer. Well, if you go by each room, a pair of sunglasses might make a lot of sense. You know, you're like, oh, I need to keep a pair of sunglasses. I'm keeping them in the bedroom. I'm putting them back in this home in the bedroom. You know. A month later, you go into your office, organize your office. Oh, a pair of sunglasses makes sense. I need a pair of sunglasses. I'm keeping this one. You've forgotten that you have a duplicate pair of sunglasses. You do the same thing in the kitchen. Oh, I need a pair of sunglasses. Okay. I'm assuming the time period between these is pretty wide. But if you just go through everything and organize by category, the duplicates become much more obvious and you can actually prioritize side-by-side -side items and realize which one you like the most, which one actually sparks joy and which things you can let go of. So that has been, that was a very good tip. It's hard. It's a little bit hard to execute on though. If you have like something like a junk drawer, you know, because there's a lot of things that can fall in many different categories. So it's kind of hard to round up everything, but if you take the time to do that, it's much, much better. Um, okay. The next tip is to ask yourself questions about the item. And these are the three questions specifically. Obviously there's like different questions for each method Marie Kondo. Her really only question is, does this bring me joy? And does it like, does it spark joy in me? 
The other questions that some people like to ask are, is it useful? Is it the only one I have? Or does it bring me joy or love? If the answer is yes to any of those, you can keep it. If it's no to all of them, then you don't keep it. Um, another tip is to bring in less. Like if you get a new item, you have to throw one away. So if I buy a new shirt, I'm going to take an old shirt and throw it away. This one is still very hard for me and I'm realizing that I just got two new shirts and I have not <laughs> gotten rid of two shirts. <coughs> Excuse me. But I do actually have two in mind that I want to get rid of. So I think I'm going to start implementing this because this has not been a hard and fast rule in my whole minimalism thing, but I think it's good to implement so you don't actually keep bringing in more items. And then another one is try to have items that serve more than one purpose. So their example was like, instead of having just a wine opener and then having a bottle opener, you can have a wine and bottle opener, like try to get multi-purposed tools. That's a very small example and there's much better examples I'm sure, but you know, try to get, try to get items that have more than one purpose. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit about how I got into minimalism and kind of what I've done so far. There is a lot more that I would like to do that I want to, you know, there's a lot of areas to improve, I guess I should say, but I will share a little bit about where I am right now. So I don't remember exactly how I got into uh, Marie Kondo. I'm pretty sure someone told my mom about it and my mom told me about it and then I started reading her book. So I started reading the book by Marie Kondo that basically says, it doesn't matter how many items you have, as long as each item sparks joy. You wanna have a joyful, happy place in your life, like your home should be this happy place that brings you joy and you can make that happen by having items only that spark you joy. So nothing that you own is going to not spark joy in you. So this method is not about minimalism. She, there was an example where Marie Kondo was working with a woman to tidy up her house and the woman's like passion in life was pinball machines and every single one of the pinball machines she had sparked joy. So she kept 60 pinball machines in her house. Now a hardcore quote minimalist would never do that because you don't need 60 pinball machines. You have duplicates of things. So technically Marie Kondo is not minimalist or even that's she gets confused with the minimalist so often, but it's really not her philosophy at all. You can have as many things as you want as long as each one has a purpose and brings you joy. Okay, so let's go through the Marie Kondo method because it's pretty interesting about how she actually tells you and instructs you to go through your items. So her six rules of her method are one, to commit yourself to tidying up. It says your clothes rack is straining from the weight of so many clothes, shoes are piling up on your shoe rack, and many of your socks are missing their partners. Indeed, it's time to clean up, declutter, and organize. So you have to commit to say, okay, I'm tidying up this home, and I'm tidying up my items. The next thing that she instructs you to do is to imagine your ideal lifestyle. So if you're imagining your ideal house, 
or ideal lifestyle, it's really going to guide how much you declutter and what sparks joy because every item will be working towards that purpose. So if your ideal lifestyle is traveling around, not having a house, like as free as possible, just a backpack and a suitcase, that's going to guide your decluttering process a lot. You can't, you know, have that end you, you should have that end goal in mind of like, when I'm done with this, it's going to allow me to live this lifestyle. So if it's in a house that's full of these rich, you know, library shelves with a bunch of books, like you don't have to declutter every single one of your books. But if your dream is to backpack through Europe your whole life, then you don't want to keep a hundred books. That makes sense. Okay. Then you want to finish discarding first. She she basically says that you should be gathering everything up, throwing things away first before you try to put anything back into their home. Okay, for, number four is you tidy by category, not location, just like we mentioned before. Um, it's easier to spot duplicates and things like that when you tidy by category. Now, she does categorize every item into one of five categories. So one of them is clothes, one is books, papers, kimono, which is miscellaneous items, and then sentimental items. Those are the five categories that you go through and tidy by category. Number five is follow the right order. It says Kondo has taken a really good look and studied her method quite well. Following the right order is applying the rules for every category and doing them in that same order. So you go clothes, then books, then papers, then miscellaneous, then sentimental. Because if you try to do sentimental first, you're probably not very good at letting things go yet. You're not going to throw that much stuff away or donate that much stuff. And so it won't feel like a win. Whereas clothes is a little easier to give away. And so you have practice on all these other categories of clothes, books, papers, and miscellaneous before you get to sentimental so that you have some practice with letting some items go. And then number six is ask yourself if it sparks joy. So it says, some simply hear a song and it brings back memories of happy times. Marie states the same thing about items and possessions. By touching and holding the items, your body enables you to remember the happiness, the feeling you've experienced whenever you held it. If the item doesn't spark any joy, that's the criteria of getting rid of it. And if it does, you can keep it and find it a home. So that is her method. And that's the book that I read when I first started getting into decluttering because basically I was not in the habit of throwing things away or getting rid of things. I would only do it once some, once an area was unbearable basically. So once my closet was overflowing, I was like, I should probably go through my clothes, but doing it kind of as you go and gradually is much more helpful. But if you are at the point where thing, some area of your house is like unruly and just unmanageable, it is a good time to declutter and then you can maintain once you've decluttered. Um, okay. So again, so I kept anything that sparked me joy. And again, it was really hard to let go of some clothes. I was like, maybe I would wear this, um, you know, in a year or two years that I had to really learn how to kind of let go. So I started with my closet and my clothes 
and I don't have what's called a capsule wardrobe now. A capsule wardrobe is like 20 items that you mix and match neutrals essentially or um, I guess it doesn't have to be neutrals but most of the time it is. So you have like four shirts, five pairs of pants, um, two dresses, you know, so it's very, very minimal. That's a capsule wardrobe. At one point I wanted to, but I just don't think I'm ever going to get to that point. So I have a very, very slimmed down closet now. Everything that I have, I pretty much use other than the two things that I'm thinking of <laughs> throwing away. Uh, so it was a very good thing to start with my closet and get some practice in letting some clothes go that I just literally never wear. Then I tried to do the categories, so like papers and books and things, and I went through the whole list and a lot of mine happened to fall kind of by location anyway because my office had all my papers and things like that. So, But I go went through by category. It got definitely way, way easier as I went. I'm not that sentimental about things usually anyway, so my sentimental items were pretty small. And by that time, basically, I had cleaned out like my whole house. I had so many bags of donations and trash and things like that that I was just accumulating and never using. And I did this shortly after I got married. I believe it was after I got married. Because I realized when my husband moved all of his stuff in that there was just too many items in a small condo space. So this was huge for me to have a nice place that didn't feel overwhelmed and overrun with just so much clutter that I couldn't find anything. So um, now, you know, probably a year and a half later from when I started this whole thing, I am, I do find myself way pickier about what I'm actually bringing into my life. Like I think about where is this going to go? Where am I going to store this? Does it spark me joy? With gifts, I still find it really hard because sometimes people will buy you a gift that you, you wouldn't buy on your own. Like, and you don't want to keep it really because you, if it doesn't spark you joy, if you wouldn't have gotten it, then you have to store it. So I've also been much more intentional about the gifts I'm giving to be like, will this person truly enjoy this? Is it practical? Will they just have to store it and they'll never use it? Um, the gifts one hasn't happened very much to me. Like I, a lot of people I think know in my family that I've tried to declutter and things like that. So. Um, there's either very practical gifts or like things like gift cards where I can choose kind of how to spend that. But um, yeah, it's just like now a constant cycle of decluttering as I go. Probably once a month about or once every couple months, I kind of look at my closet and try to um, clean it out if there's anything that no longer sparks me joy. So, but Marie Kondo, like I will say, if there's a gift that I not... I maybe wouldn't have picked out on my own, but someone got it for me. I feel too bad. I keep it for a while, you know, and, you know, am every time I see it, try to be like grateful that they got me a gift. Um, but Marie Kondo basically is like, yo, if it doesn't spark joy, throw it out immediately. <laughs> you know, so she's pretty cutthroat about it. I don't know. Um, I would feel too bad. That really hasn't happened to me. I, I feel like yeah, it's it. I don't know if it's really happened, but 
she does talk about receiving gifts that you don't that don't spark joy in the book and yeah she's pretty serious business about it um so a big benefit that i've realized is cleaning like i used to i don't i wouldn't say i'm the best cleaner now but i am definitely cleaner and able to keep up with chores and cleaning and all that stuff much better because there's just not clutter everywhere and if i only have a certain amount of items again you can just put them away in the place that they belong and everything is just much tidier so i have loved doing this whole process and getting more into minimalism the episode i did about homesteading really does play into this because if you're at all motivated by using less consuming less any environmental impact homesteading goes into living off the land and not consuming too much and same thing with minimalism the themes are kind of both there with like let's use what we have let's use every part of it let's do some secondhand shopping uh let's you know just less focus on consumerism so i've really liked that aspect of it as well so that is my episode on minimalism if you are a minimalist drop me a dm on instagram i'd love to hear um, what level of minimalism you are kind of subscribed to. <laughs> so um, that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, tune in for our Thursday episode. It is on a state. So um, we are going, let me see what state it's going to be on. We are on the state of New York. So join me on Thursday for that. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Bye everyone.